Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody. And we finally have an official stamped, sealed, signed, sealed, delivered new president and vice president. I never had a doubt, but Trump continued to sow doubt and fight against reality to the bitter last end. And he continues to say, oh, no, no, we're finding new information, which is vastly similar to the things he kept saying in the birtherism. Oh, we're finding out new stuff. We never actually find out what the new stuff is, but he just says that we're finding out new stuff. But I felt like the legs were kicked out from Trump's pathetic attempt when McConnell told his group, uh, we're, we're not going to fight this in this chamber. And I noticed that he asked them, they were, at least it was reported that he asked, some said begged, rather than he seems to have great control over his caucus. So I don't know why it wasn't just he told them this is the way it's going to be because they seem to run like a paramilitary organization. McConnell says jump and they all do. Um, but that, that to me, more than even the electoral college, uh, stamping its sign of approval, its seal of approval said to me, okay, yeah, this is really, really over. You know, I don't know if it's really, really over. I think that it's, it should be nerve wracking and incredibly upsetting to all of us that we even knew when the electoral college was voting. I don't, I, I never knew uh, in years past when the electoral college voted, how they gathered, what they did, because it was always the assumption that we were going to have a peaceful transition of power and that after an election was declared, whether it be, you know, the day of, the day after, or a couple of days like it took in this instance, that that was going to be the way. What continues to trouble me is the fact that one, now all of a sudden, I don't know, a month and a week after the election was uh, decided and we all knew that there was going to be a president-elect Joe Biden and a madam vice president-elect Kamala Harris, that Mitch McConnell from mainstream media once again is being applauded for doing his fucking job. Not even his job, actually, the bare minimum, which is acknowledging reality. Little things that we hope that representatives that we vote for and have them come and represent us in Congress will do, you know, believe in reality. I I thought that that was a prerequisite to the job. Maybe it isn't. Uh, Maybe it's optional. I have no idea. But we're at a place right now where people continue to make light of the fact that 120 sitting Republicans in the House of Representatives signed on to a lawsuit to overthrow our democracy. Unbelievable. That six that 16 
Republican new Republican state attorney generals also signed on to overthrow the will of the people. And if it and if not for both the Republicans and Democrats, people who are on the bench, if it was not for them holding up and doing their job that they took an oath to do, our republic at to which it stands would have been standing in the fucking gutter. So I don't know why everyone is sighing with relief as if like we're not still in trouble at the fact that this could have happened. And the only reason we're not having a different conversation is because the judges did their job. And that was a finger crossing moment. The judges did their job. I'm listening to this podcast called Floodlines about Katrina and New Orleans. So that's sort of in the mind. And I feel like Trump tried to be Katrina, New Orleans Mm. being our democracy, and the Mm. levees are our institutions. And the institutions held up, as opposed to the Mm -hmm. levees in New Orleans, Mm -hmm. which let the city down, our levees held up. Uh, Judges said, we're going to need to see some receipts, please. And lawyers Mm -hmm. were like, we have no receipts, Your Honor. Um, And even the Supreme Court, which we all thought all he needs to do is find the path to the Supreme Court, appeal up to the Supreme Court, and Amy COVID Barrett and the rest of them, because they have a six to three majority, they'll all say, I guess we should do whatever Trumpy wants because we wouldn't right. be here. That's what, that's what, and they, even they said, no, you, you have nothing. You have no standing. You cannot come to this court. We slapped, I mean, it was nine to zero. Even old Clarence Thomas was like, no, you can't come in here with that bullshit. So, The institutions held, and I understand the fear you're talking about that a very small number of people stood their ground um, when a a bizarrely large number of people were losing their mind. Add to the group that you talked about, even today, Rand Paul tweeting, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, there was definitely probably some election fraud. I I, I mean, it's, it's absurd that... Trump actually did commit election fraud, and yet mm-hmm. all they could see is the non-existent election fraud on the Democratic side. But I want to try to unpack some of the reasons why there are so many Republicans in D.C., in the mm-hmm. throughout the country, who continue to believe that there was election fraud, despite zero evidence— and I think there's I think the depth of partisanship is a big part of it, that this is what their party believes. So they're sticking to it. I think they have a separate media system by which I mean, like a bubble. I don't believe that Democrats, progressives live in a bubble because nothing that we believe exists outside of reality. But Republicans increasingly live in a bubble that is sealed off from reality. So they believe things that aren't true because they are being told by their media, be it Fox or Newsmax or Breitbart or whatever, um, that X is true when it's not. So they have this separate sort of leaders, this separate media, and this separate community that is walled off that leads to them thinking, 
everybody's saying there's still questions. And they've been trained somehow to believe that gut knowledge is what's really important rather than head knowledge. So just (laughs) the assertion that we have questions, Uh. we being Rudy Giuliani, we being whoever, we have questions. That's enough. That alone serves as evidence. They don't need to do any. Like, I, I think I'm pretty certain that the left functions fundamentally differently than the right. And if 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 Barack Obama had come out or Hillary Clinton had come out and said, there is election fraud happening and we need to figure this out, we would say, we hear you, sister. Give us some evidence. And we would look for evidence and we would re- expect CNN and The New York Times to come up with evidence. And if they came up with none, we would be like, we wish it were true. We don't want him to be president, but we don't see any. Ev- Where is the fraud, sister? Trump needs to come up with nothing. Trump needs to come up with nothing but a nasty tone. That's all Sean Hannity. That's all the right needs to come up with. Is uh, just say it in a nasty. Just say Hunter Biden, election fraud, uh, Clinton Foundation in a nasty tone. That counts for evidence. You know the thing is here is that in the Democratic Party we say that we have a big tent for a reason. We have varied agendas, varied issue areas that are important to us based on what community you happen to be affiliated with or what uh, intersection of communities you happen to be affiliated with. The thing that I've come to realize about Republicans and the Republican Party and why they are so in lockstep, uh, and that lockstep has taken them to the outskirts of reality, they're not even like in the same town anymore, is that fundamentally what ties them all together is white supremacy. What Mm. ties them all together is racism, is the belief that white people should have more than everybody else and that creating room at the table, creating policies that we view as uh, building equity are about them holding the line. That's why they hold the line as a party, because they believe that if they, you know, link arm in arm together in their whiteness, that they can push back the inevitable, which is the demographic shift. And so they don't have to come up with different plans or ideas or what have you, because the one thing that they are advancing that benefits the whole is white supremacy. And so that that's it. There is no there is no nuance. There is there is nothing um, interesting or 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 deep here to really unpack about them. There is a fundamental difference. They have a media institutions that uphold white supremacy and question anybody of color, question the legitimacy of even our existence as it pertains to this the 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 past election and our votes. How dare these black and brown people vote? They could not have possibly done so in accordance with the law because they don't do anything in accordance with the law. Understand that that's the consistent narrative that they have had on all of these stations all the time. Barack Obama wears a tan suit. Oh my God, he broke some type of social norm, some type of law that we all perceived in our head to be true about what a president is supposed to look like. And so we will question you from the beginning. The thing is, is that for us, we are so multi-layered, so multi-generational, so multi-ethnic, cultural, religious, that we have to, we question ourselves and each other, but they don't, they never will. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. This show is part of. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. The Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. The midterms are coming and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections. We all know that our government is broken. Politicians spend more time working for themselves, their big donors, and their political party instead of for us. We as Americans have had enough of the corruption, partisan bickering, and gridlock. Look, I get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out, but I'm here to tell you there's reason for hope. Our political system is broken now, but we can fix it. That's why we've partnered with Represent Us, a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting. And they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. Racial resentment is a core animating principle at the base of the modern Republican Party. And it functions in a way to make them feel like Every victory for black and brown people, you hardworking white person are losing something and Mm -hmm. we need to protect your losses. And it paralyzes the country in terms of accomplishing almost anything. Um, And just right now, just to try to stick with this, that we are living in alternate universes because we, uh, I mean, the fundamental lack of trust is that we believe that everybody, including us, is trying our hardest to be the best Americans we can be. And they don't believe that we as black people are trying our hardest, that believe that we are trying to take from the system, take uh, we, we are welfare takers, if not welfare cheats outright. We are drug addicts. We are criminals. We need to be policed. We need to be policed harshly. Um, So they don't believe in our basic integrity as human beings. So how can we have a system whereby we would have a collective economy um, whereby, Mm. you know, 
m- money would be paid in so that if your neighbor's house gets on fire, a fire department will come put it out or the police will come save them if somebody is broken in or, you know, they have uh, unemployment insurance. How could you have a collective economy if the white people feel like mm-hmm. the black people don't deserve any of this? And I feel like on the left, there is a general understanding of like, yes, this is a good idea. We can trust everybody and we should have this sort of collective approach. Government should be a backstop that keeps people from falling too far, that helps people out when they fall on hard times, be it economically, be it uh, in terms of medicine, when they're trying to start a business, um, they need to lift up. That's what government is there. And the right doesn't believe that at all. We can't trust you. So everything should be individualized. Every man uh, for himself. And I use that pronoun purposefully because I don't think their ideology is is inclusive of gender either. Um, and it's, it's, it's increasingly hard to live with this group of people. Yep. I, I, I said the other day on Twitter, it's like, the Republican Party is like a person who's increasingly behaving crazier and crazier. And the 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 left is too polite to say, you're acting crazy. And the media is afraid of being judged to say, you're acting crazy. And the, the right-wing media is the voice of the crazy person's head that's like, yeah, do more crazy shit. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know what it is? It's like fundamentally they don't believe. You're you're absolutely right. They don't believe in the integrity of people of color. They don't believe that we are deserving of anything, right? And I think that it's really funny because collectively white the white America is Donald Trump and Donald Trump is white America because they project all of the fucking shit that they do on a regular basis onto communities of color. You look at who receives more welfare. You look at who gets more from, from the government. It is white people. And, you know, and yet they project onto us. You look, oh, the opiate, because- they have a drug crisis that they're in the midst of. It's an opioid crisis, right? right? right. But we had, but we had a crack problem that needed to have a war on it. Like you, all of the things that are said about the laziness, right? Black women, which I keep saying this, find myself saying this week, have more degrees than any other fucking group. That's right. Why is that? That's Why right. is it that we always have to work ten times as hard as everybody else to get a quarter of what white America has, but we're the ones that are lazy, right? right? right. It's black people are the ones that have the multiple jobs, right, in order to get half of what it is that white America has, but we're lazy. We're so lazy that you stole us from our land so that we could come here and what work and do and do what the work that you didn't want to fucking do. Right. So like it's just it. it it is. I, I wish that we had a media that would actually call bullshit. But the reason why our government hasn't advanced in the way that it needs to and we don't have the social safety nets that the coronavirus unveiled for us are completely tattered and broken is because white America doesn't want anyone else other than white America to get anything from the government. It is why they want it shrunken so that black and brown people don't get anything. Right. If we were in a all white nation, America would look very different. Our government would function differently and you would hear them talk about the things that they need and they want and government should do 
if it wasn't for those black and brown people down yeah, the street. But yeah, yeah, but I, I, I cringe to even think about what America would look like without black and brown people and just... Let's just it focus wouldn't be a on, place I'd visit. It'd it, sound it, bland. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't even talk about culturally. Just talk about politically. It, it would be some sort of conservative nightmare akin to Kansas. Um, you know, we're... I'm sure... I haven't seen the final numbers, but I'm sure that white people in general went for Trump. They have gone for the Republican nominee for several uh, decades in a row, I think since 1964, and uh, <laughs> Trump only losing by what three, four was it four and a half points? Um, surely he had to get white people. Um, so you know, once again, white people have you know showed us that they are horrified by him, and yet many of their brothers and sisters and cousins and uncles went for him. Um, you know, it was an interesting split screen uh, the other day because I love to flip back between the, the two news channels and Fox. Um, and Fox was doing a, uh, a conversation on Hunter Biden. CNN was doing a, a split screen of the different electoral college uh, voting moments, which, again, like you, I'd never seen that on television. Maybe that's normal. I don't remember seeing that on CNN. It isn't. We do this for work. We've never seen it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember seeing <laughs> that. Whole, I don't in our whole life. <laughs> maybe, they, maybe they've shown it before and I just didn't remember, but I don't on remember On C-SPAN. Maybe on C-SPAN. Well, definitely on C-SPAN, but I don't remember definitely. seeing that on CNN. Um, but MSNBC was going the corona route and they were showing right. doctors and they were talking about the vaccine. They were showing UPS and FedEx never had so much press on a, on a, stocks, a news network. Stocks are, stocks are soaring. <laughs> the UPS truck too. has pulled into the loading dock. We are here live. <laughs> um, and, you know, it was very purposeful that they made sure that we knew that one of the key architects of the vaccine was a black woman. The first yes. person that live shown on TV administering it was a black woman. And the first person getting it was What's a, a health care worker who was a black woman. And yes. in a way, it's like, yet again, black women here to save the day. Um, but also, these specific people were, were, were trotted out because we see that black people in specific are telling pollsters more than men, every other group, we are wary. And yeah. you and I started batting this idea around last time. And mm -hmm. I only bring it up again to annoy you, but also, I know. Um, Nicole Hannah Jones. I'm like, didn't we cover this? Dude, Nicole Hannah Jones, <laughs> who is one of the most brilliant uh, commentators in the modern public square. She was like, I am exasperated with the the vaccine cynicism um, that is in yeah. our community. She had a very good thread. She had a very good thread, and the key point in the thread, because the the word that gets thrown around most to 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 defend and explain black vaccine cynicism is Tuskegee, mm -hmm. and she reminded me, which I did not remember, that in Tuskegee. They were withheld 
medicine. Vaccine, right. They were not given bad medicine. They were not they given were with, medicine. They entered right. the study having syphilis and they were not treated. So it right. it's not really a good reason to say, I don't know about this vaccine. Remember Tuskegee? Tuskegee, like, <laughs> no, that's not what happened. And it's just, it doesn't, it, it does not bode well that we are suffering from coronavirus more than other groups, and we are more resistant to taking it than other groups. Those two facts do not go together. And with just, you know, when you think about these sci-fi movies set 30, 40, 50, 100 years in the future, and you don't see black people, and you wonder, like, maybe this is part of why. I think racism is a part of why, but let me go forward and say I'm this. I'm joking, but that seriously, fear, we gotta, that, we gotta like, take this thing. What the fuck, man? Come on, let's but survive. Yes, I mean, I I'm going to take it once I am, you know, once they reach the bottom of the list of people that are a part of the generalized population that are able to access it. I will take it, um, but I think that what we fail to understand is that sometimes fear is not rational, right? And and the black community outside of Tuskegee, outside of Henrietta Lacks, outside of slavery, have very real reasons to question the American medical industry complex, right? Yes. Like there's yes. a reason we have, you know, outside of those things that everybody, you know, wants to roll their eyes out, there are very real reasons why people have grievance, why black people have grievance with America and its medical and its medical know, uh, I, industry. I, and, and I get that. I get that. I remember when and, Serena but, Williams but, but, had her baby and they didn't believe I will, her when she said I will she was say, in pain. And but she I will died. say this. I, well, I will say this, though, that I do think that I, I do think that images matter. Right. I think that they matter and they're important to see that black woman uh, provide the vaccination for the black woman healthcare worker, which we know. If And let me tell you something. My grandparents, before they passed away, uh, were in a nursing home when anybody on staff that wasn't Jamaican. Right. Wasn't nobody that worked in those el in those elderly facilities, the two and three that they were in, that was not a person of color. Right. That was not an immigrant in particular. And so it was important to see that visualize this healthcare worker getting this and then having the discussion as to why it matters. Right. Why it matters for her, for her family, for her community, all of these things. And so I, I applaud them for 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 making that visualization very clear and for continuing the conversation. But I think that to shrug it off and to say that there's no reason for people to have fear, no, um, nobody, you know, there, there's there's a real reason. Nobody, nobody, certainly not I, nobody is saying there's no reason. And we understand, I, I understand the reticence and the fear and there, and it has been earned by the medical industry, we know it is true that black people reporting pain are not treated the same by doctors as white people reporting pain, that doctors look at black pain differently than white pain. We know mm -hmm. this. At the same time, are you going to refuse to drink water because they used to be segregated fountains? I mean, like, come on. Like, 
you know, you're going to refuse. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to refuse to wear cotton clothes because we used to pick cotton. I mean, like, you know, I'm not having a wedding at a plantation, but I think that there are things where it's like, you know, it makes sense to take this vaccine and it does not make sense. uh, Rational sense to be like, I'm not taking the vaccine because the medical community has screwed black people over in the future. If we were talking about this is just for black people, because black people, we've found the vaccine for sickle cell. We want all the black people to line up and we- Fuck that. Right? We'd be like- (laughs) I would say a hard fucking no. I'm going to be at the back of that line. Let me see how the rest of it goes. But I think- but just this but is I for think to everybody. that point, everybody I think that that's what world. people are doing. Everybody, I think that that's what black people are doing. They're like, the y'all go first. Line up. We are going to vaccinate the entire globe. Black, white, brown, yellow, everything. And black people are like, hey. Like, I'm like, come on, y'all. Come on, come on. But come here's on, the thing. On, We've on, never been on. chosen first for a fucking thing. So they're like, we'll wait in line. We don't, we don't go ahead and vaccinate everybody else. We don't need to we'll be first. Wait. I'm good. I'm good. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, but we're not talking about I don't want to be first. We're not talking about I want to wait and see. That's fine. That's fine. My wife is like, I want to wait and see what the impact of the vaccine is. I'm like, okay, fine. But you're not like, I don't want to take it because Tuskegee. Like, I'm like, Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Come on. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I, 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 I think at the end, I think at the end of the day, everybody is going to take it. I think that once we get Trump uh, officially removed from the White House and any of his tiny, tiny, tiny microscopic hands away from anything that has to do uh, with this vaccine, with the CDC, with, you know, any of our health agencies, uh, and we have a breath of fresh air from the Biden-Harris administration who will challenge us on the first 100 days Hundred days of where everybody wearing a mask. I don't know what we win. Maybe our lives. Should that should be a fuck enough? But apparently it's not. Um, but I think that people will begin to change once that gnat is removed from the back of Ooh. our head. Because trust me, if they release this vaccine, Moderna and Pfizer, and Trump was setting up for a second term, I wouldn't fucking be taking it. And I and I said that before. I would. And and Kamala Harris said the same goddamn thing on the stage. No, she I goes, mean, they get another term. I wouldn't take it either. Make It Plain covers politics and social justice. From organizers to legislators, it's the conversation you need to get woke. If, if, if it was Trump putting out the vaccine... I I would agree with you because they have put politics ahead of science on this over and over. And there was a big story, whistleblowers out of the CDC talking about how the Trump administration has consistently quashed and quieted 
messages that the CDC wanted to put out about this vax about this virus because mm-hmm. they wanted to put the po- and they're saying we've never had the politics go ahead of the science. We are used to just being able to say what we want as scientists and say what's real. And the politics are constantly trumping the science and the messages. So the CDC next year will seem like an entirely new organization because we have an administration that wants to listen to it and wants to put out its actual ideas and isn't faking the funk on what the CDC is willing and able to do. Um, So that's going to be a huge difference next year. Uh, So I I would be totally with you about being afraid of a Trump virus, uh, Trump vaccine, because... (laughs) I am afraid of a Trump virus. Definitely afraid of the Trump virus. Um, Definitely afraid of the Trump virus. You know, interesting, uh, somebody threw out a tweet the other night, and I think she thought she was going to get attacked because um, she she labeled it like unpopular opinion, but I think it's really, I think it's really important because when people get it, we see these tweets, Facebooks, whatever. People are like, you know, oh my god, I got it. I've been so careful. I don't know how I got it. Everybody stay safe. No shame, because everybody's mm-hmm. catching it. I don't blame anybody who gets it. I'm not like, oh, you shouldn't have da 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 da, but. I would really like to see people do their own sort of contact tracing or at least do that in public. So they're telling us, hey, you know, I went to the store. I got it from going to the Mm. store. I got it from going to dinner. I went to a wedding. You know, I went to a restaurant. I sat inside for, I was, so that we know, oh, wow, you can get it like that. You can get it like, especially now. As a lot of people are getting to what I would call a sort of COVID fatigue, and they're like, we're fine, right? Like, everything's cool, right? Like, I'm going to dinner with my friends. Like, I saw a doctor today talking about dinners, maskless dinners. I don't know how you wear a mask through dinner, right? You don't. A maskless dinner with people outside your home is a big vector for spreading this thing. And people are like, I haven't seen anybody in six, seven, eight months. I want to see some people. I'm going to be fine. Each one of those people you interact with, you're interacting with the germ profiles of at least 100 people. So it's yeah. not just like, it's me and my girl. It's like 100 people, especially if she or he has a child who interacts with other children. I mean- Look, we should have all been looking at, you know, back in the back in the days when we used to have after school specials and they used to try and scare, you know, straight kids into not having unprotected sex. Um, the way in which to do that would have wait, been to stop. say, like, wait, every no, 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 wait, no, no, everybody, stop. wait, stop, what? wait, stop. You said how they used to scare straight kids into not having sex. Yeah. So, so yeah, you yeah, said yeah. They, just, they're not, they weren't. They didn't yeah, care about gay kids. Did. Gay kids you do whatever you want. You think that gay kids have the same type of sex as straight kids? They don't. So, like, I, I, I don't need to introduce gay you kids to this. But, but it, gay kids yeah. were just invisible in that whole Correct. <laughs> but if you, if you had started the conversation by saying, you know, everyone that you swap spit with 
you're doing that with literally everyone that they have kissed or everything that their mouths have touched. It's the same type of thing in terms of contact tracing. You're not just coming across the people that are in front of you. You are connecting with every single person that they've spoken to, that they've touched, that they've connected with, that they've shared air with, that they've traded droplets with. If you were to explain it, From the beginning in the same way as that, people be like, oh my God, that's so disgusting. Oh my God, that's gross. Like, oh my God, right? But I think that you're right in terms of like, you know, we are not super clear when people say like, oh, I've contracted it, how it's happened, which then leads people to believe, well, fuck me. It doesn't matter if I wear a mask, wash my hands or do whatever, because it's inevitable. As opposed to, no, I partake, you know, partook in, uh, in, in three indoor dining experiences over the past two weeks or, you know, and I did so without people that got, that, you know, were, were not tested. I traveled, I did X, Y, and Z. And this, and this is the reason, but like just saying like, oh, I contracted it. It is giving people more license to your point. And I think that that's right where they're just like, fuck it. You know, let's just, because I've heard a lot of people say, Let's just get it and get off and get and get over it. Right. Mm. Like if we just get it, then we get the antibodies. And like, you know, not everyone has those dire um, uh, symptoms or, you know, or side effects. But I will tell you that I know several people now who have contracted the coronavirus. All of them have completely different uh, uh, after effects. Some of them range from, oh, nothing. Others, I lose my sense of smell for weeks at a time. Others, horrible cough. Some, migraines out of nowhere. So now they're having difficulty working on a computer for for the hours that I mean, it takes for you to work from home. It's of, not a risk that you should want to take. Uh, my friend Stephanie Rule, who you know from MSNBC, she's right. like, yo, you do not want this. Like, you don't she got want it. it. Her family got it. She, you know, she's been public about it. I'm not saying anything out of school. She's like, you do not want this. This is no joke. Um, Abby Huntsman uh, talked about this publicly as well, that it felt like, you know, it, 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 a boa constrictor twisting around different parts of her body each hour. Oh so God. it would squeeze her neck and then it would relent. It would squeeze her stomach and it would relent. Then it would squeeze her chest, then her leg, whatever. I mean, she was like, this was horrible. Like the idea of like, just get it. It's like the flu. You'll have a couple bad days and you're good. Like, God, no, 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 no. no. You do not want, you know, my friend, my wife was on a Zoom the other day and um, one of the women on the Zoom said she goes out to restaurants once or twice a week. And I was like, do not hang out with her. You cannot go to a restaurant with her because no, mm-mm. It's so, it sounds Once so, or twice a week? Yes. I was like, that sounds so risky. I almost jumped into the Zoom of like, you what you what guys? I didn't yeah, know where her. do you like, live? Like, what is your name? Because you're not again? hanging out with my wife for next six months. No. That's like that is literally because you're a parent. That's like the bad friend, the friend that you don't want your totally. kids hanging out with. Totally. Like that. Like I get her desire maybe to keep the restaurant industry afloat, but twice a week. This is not pre-COVID time. Like, what is she doing? Once a week, Pfft, too much. Too much. I've gone out to eat like once a month, maybe like maybe once every eight weeks. And that was outside. As soon as it got cold outside, I'm like, well, I hope that place is around come April. 
<laughs> no, I'll I'll DoorDash a restaurant in a second. The restaurants that can't DoorDash to me? Sorry. What you want me to do? I, mean, I can't sit in there. No, um, it's 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 not it's not safe. It's it it really isn't. And like, look, you know, the thing is, we're in New York too, and I I was having this conversation with friends that live in red states. You know what the cost is, and maybe we've talked about this already of a COVID test. In other places around the country, it's upwards of two hundred dollars, right? So, like, to get one COVID test. So, if you right, your family of four, you all want to go and get tested. You're talking about like, you know, a thousand dollars, right? And that's getting one test. So we are really fortunate here in New York where you're seeing lines at city MDs and all of these things as people want to go and travel for the holidays and what have you. You see those lines because the shit is free, right? And like a lot of those people have gotten multiple tests at this point. You know, so it's like it's it's still wild to me that we are charging people in a pandemic for so, like we want you to get tested because the general population ain't getting those good FedEx vaccines until for like another year. So we so, got about about a month left of Trump. It's almost over. Nightmares almost over. You're so cute. Like, literally, as a person, you're just adorable to say that. Did you not hear that the man is going to be announcing his 2024 bid on Inauguration Day? Um, like, I'm so confused I, I, why you think I, he's going anywhere. Well, I mean, no, you know, I welcome him to announce that. You know, everybody, nice to have a dream. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's going to be hard to run from prison. Um, That's what I say. You know, I, I don't think that the next three or four years are going to be helpful to him running a presidential campaign in 2024. Um, He may not go away in terms of he's not leaving America, but like his voice, I mean, his power will be diminished immensely. His voice will be diminished immensely. And we should actually welcome Newsmax because Trump was talking about creating basically a Newsmax. Now there's no room for him to create a Trump network because that space is already filled. Um, so, you know, and, and not to say that you couldn't have two, but it would be very, very difficult to raise the several hundred million dollars that it would take to create that and put that on the air um, when a lot of that money's already tied up in Newsmax. Um, he, he, unless he plans to have a show on Newsmax. Oh, yeah. Uh, He's going to have a show everywhere. The whole fucking family's going to have a show. He's going to have a show. Ivanka going to have a show. Miller's going to have a Trumps. show. Yeah, they're all, I mean, you will see the ways in which these people will continue their grift. Because all the announcement, the 2024 announcement is about, is just squeezing out more money from his people. He's already raised over $200 million, which frankly, he can turn into the seed money for his little Trump station. Once he's not, I'm not sure he can, I'm not certain that he can 75% of those funds, he can pocket. That's how, that, these are the loopholes of our fucking uh, money and politics system that the Supreme Court set up for us. We are free to ignore him 
whenever and however we want. We do not have to pay attention to him. We can tune into him for entertainment and then tune him out when we're ready. And, you know, it that will be that'll be, you know, I'll I'll pay attention to him for entertainment value, but I won't worry about him dropping a bomb on some country or saying something horrific or trying Fair. to block some important legislation or saying something that tanks the stock market or some dumbass shit like that. Um, so, Barack mm-hmm. Obama's book next week? Yes. Oh, are we doing? We're, oh, before the holiday. Yes. Fantastic. Now, is there any particular chapter that you would like to dive into for this 700? Or are we just going to go page by page? I I just want the people. I want to alert the people. I want the people to be prepared. I stay ready. I want the people to be prepared. You wasn't ready for it this week or last week. So I don't know when you stayed ready. First of all, I don't know how you judge me. You don't know my life. So... I mean, you stay ready so, to do this show, so but you wasn't sir, ready to do a show about Barack sir, Obama's book, so. Sir, I think that the I mean, people would like to know what told, parts you I would could, like to jump I, into. The truth be told, I could wake you out of sleep at 3 a.m. <laughs> and say, we're taping the show in three minutes, and you'd be like, okay, let's go. <laughs> and you'd be great. But you ain't read this damn book. <laughs> so look, you'd be ready, except if I said, okay, we're going to do it all on Barack Obama's book. And then you'd be like... Oh, okay. You know what? I, I'm I'm gonna talk around the book. <laughs> I'm gonna because I, I can do that. Because it, it's not because I don't love Barack. It's just it's dense copy. Um, it's not dense. It's just <laughs> a big long book. It's not dense. It's a big long book. It's a long. Um, this- yes. All right. Next week we are delving in for the holidays to send you off with something good. We're gonna discuss uh, Barack Obama's book, A Promised Land. Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm the very well-read Danielle Moody. (laughs) And we'll be back next week with more Democracy-ish because... Yes, there's going to be a country. Yay! Yay!